I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> Immortality. People dream of living forever, but I don't think they truly know the weight of it. The years pass swiftly, and the burden of existence presses heavily on your shoulders. Your regret follows you. The ones you love do not. There is nothing more frightening than watching everything you love around you die as you live on and on and on, becoming another trinket that collects dust. The Other Stories presents Bulletproof Part 3 Revenge of Bulletproof The colours comforted me. Reds, dancings, blues. Greens mingling with yellows, teasing them, drawing them into an emerald spectrum. They were solid but pliable. Like soft furnishings you could sink into. Sometimes I imagined I had my fingers again. I could create ripples in the colors, force them to come together, break apart. There were no nights in the colors. No days, no seconds, minutes, or hours. Only my consciousness dancing with the rainbow. I don't think I uttered a word when they dismembered me. My lungs couldn't expand to scream, my mouth too shaken to make the shapes I needed to tell them to stop. I don't think they would have stopped anyway, their faces concealed by visors and overalls. I was being torn apart by cowards. I died on and off for the three hours it took them to pack me away. I thought it'd be permanent when they sawed off my head. But the colors came to me, and with them I stayed. No pain. No fear. Just soaking in the colors as they danced in their world. When they woke me, the colors buzzed for three days. Erratic, panicked, they didn't play by the rules I had understood all this time. A new sensation in the colors. Were my limbs uncomfortable? Did I have limbs again? 
Something tugged on the colors, a straight line, like an arrow bolting into the swirls. I had grown bones again. It was like all at once I realized, but still couldn't wrap my mind around my reforming body. I hoped my eyes came back last. I was being remade. After my escape from the carnival ship, after watching my loved ones die at the hands of Mr. Callahan and his carnival at my own hands. When I could hear the colors, I knew my head had reformed. When I could see a white room, I knew my eyes had opened once again, like windows letting in the cool of the night. Figures moved around the room, lights flashed, and I hoped the floor was solid, not red and dusty like the sandy circus ring on the carnival ship. White, clean, clinical floors. The floors I had bled on some time ago. Below my murky eyes, I felt a tightening. My chest? Were my lungs reforming now? Was I to breathe like I once had? Instinct took over flesh. I inhaled. No mouth yet. A few more seconds. I tried again. Air entered the hole forming below my eyes. Audrey, can you hear me? A male voice rang. I cringed. At least, I think I did. The atoms, not yet in place, shook. Audrey, move something if you can hear me. My eyeballs rotated in their sockets, unaided by fleshy eyelids. Sinews of muscle began forming, layer on layer, stretching out like the vines of weeds, finding their place on my bare skull. My vision sharpened, pupils finding their defining line against my blue irises. A man was on his knees in front of me, no visor, no black uniform. He took my hand, the first touch I had felt in a colorful eternity. I squeezed back. My name is Brenner. We're waking you up, Audrey. It's been five years since we found you floating outside. You were with another woman. She didn't make it. Grief wasn't a thing inside the colors. Thoughts really formed into coherency. Memories didn't float wild and endlessly like a truly formed mind. I tried to speak, but the fluid in my lungs needed to be cleared. (coughs) He held my hair as I coughed, tucked it behind my newly formed ears as I cleared the thick mucus from my body. Finally, for the first time since I had escaped the Callahan Brothers Carnival, I spoke. (coughs) Why? Why so long? So he couldn't find you again. So we could get you far away. So... Brenner's face straightened. Warm skin wrinkled across his brow. So we could use you when we needed you most. Figures, I muttered, feeling my lips touch each other for the first time. Kenneth Callahan has been using his carnival for human trafficking for many years. We've been gathering intel just as long. So, I'm a tool to help you bring him down? No. You're a victim who now has a chance for revenge. A chance to liberate others. The woman... 
The woman I escaped with, Kalinda. Callahan's contortionist. Are you sure she died? Her body was frozen solid out there. She splintered into pieces when we got her aboard. I swallowed. Was I allowed this grief? Or had time taken away my right to mourning? She was my girlfriend. She was special. Brenner nodded. Then do this for her. Callahan will let you aboard. You have history. Once you're there, once you've restrained him, we'll do the rest. Just don't kill him. I entered with the audience guests, dressed in the clothes enforcement had given me. Garbs from Titan, I think. The fabric constricted my skin. Not because it was coarse, but because my skin wanted to breathe, be unburdened after all this time. Brenner's words echoed in a mind that had been mush only hours ago. He told me to wait till the show started, wait for Callahan to leave the ring after his introduction. Corner him in his dressing room, keep him there. Brenner had armed officers in the audience, all on standby, to come to my aid once I had cornered him. I took my place in the stands. My feet had not touched this part of the ship. Only the sandy circus ring below, and the cabins where they kept the acts. The sand didn't menace me now. I was once like it. Endless particles, never out of place, never in place, at the mercy of any disturbance. The lights grew dim. The audience grew silent. His boots across the sand, each step louder than the last in my ears. A shadow cast from his gaunt figure sporadically flittering across the ring, But now each of his steps were counting down to his capture, not the moment his words said my name, said my show name, Bulletproof. The hairs on my spine stood up on end as the lights rose. That was my cue. I left the stands, his introductory words in rhythm with my muted steps away to the underbelly of his carnival, where the axe cried their tears, tended to their wounds, and wished they could escape his depravity, his ticket sales. No one saw me slip between the seams of the canvas to the backstage, too involved with the decadent show in front of them, the lights, the way the sand reacted to every move. Backstage hadn't changed. Wooden benches lined the corridors, once filled with every color of the rainbow and performers' glitter spandex. Now only a few sat, spaces apart, heads under hoods, fingers twitching in laps. I wondered if I'd even recognize them from before, or had they perished like I had so many times before here, with no tense moment before they came back to life. Only I was bulletproof. They didn't lift their heads as I passed, obedient as always. I wanted just one of them to see I had returned to save them, but none flinched at my presence. Maybe all the original acts had died, or had been sold onto private collections. 
Callahan liked to do that when the circus was short on admission money, or when the price of two performers meant he could buy a shiny new one, unscathed by his torment. Behind me, through the dingy canvas and echoing metal walls of the ship, I heard the last notes of Callahan's voice as he welcomed the first act on stage. I could see it now. Their grimace and tears would turn to smiles as the glass ceiling bore down on them, twinkling with all the freedom of the stars, but they'd be trapped in the ring, playing out the only thing that made them valuable. Callahan's cabin was away from the rest. As my footsteps led me there, I knew his two were leading him on the other side of the corridor, his special escape route from the ring. I didn't knock. The metal door swung open. He was pissing in the toilet bowl that folded into the ship's wall. I hoped he would speak first. When he turned, tucking himself back into his trousers, he just groaned at the sight of me. Audrey. He nodded, kicked the chair out from under his desk, sat, and pulled out the pewter hip flask that cradled his Martian whiskey. We did you a funeral. You and the contortionist. Even though I knew better than to ever bury you. Did a number on the ship. When you blew that window out to escape, whole ship caved in on that side. Took me a while to raise the repair money. He smirked. The amazed cries of the audience filtered through the walls. Still going strong then? Audrey, baby, we're nothing without you. We lost a huge portion of our clientele when you left. We miss you, Audrey. Please come back to me. I narrowed my eyes. Over my dead body. I'll treat you better. Better than the others. Even better than the fire-breathing twins I just bought from Titan. Callahan, no. Enforcement, what? They send you here to get me? They're picking us both up at the end of the show. So you're betraying me after everything I've done for you, Audrey. Baby girl, I made you a star. My skin crawled. I lost two people under your reign. What? The shapeshifter and the contortionist? Do you even remember their names? Elastic Girl and... Seven Wonders? He smirked. Their real names. Look, Audrey. He dropped to his knees. I want you back. I want your face on my posters again. I'll take care of you. You can be my special little girl again, just like before. Audrey, baby, please. His hands came together, begging. But not a whisper of sincerity lay in his eyes as wrinkles appeared like fissures in his aged skin. The crowds keep coming, Audrey. They always will. If they come for you, the others won't need to perform as much. You can save them. Just come back to me. I swallowed. I can save them. 
His lips twitched into a grin. I pulled my hair into a pony, exactly how I did in the ring all those years ago. He was easy to catch in my grip. He was ever frail, filled with cigar smoke and booze, and a weak frame that told you he'd lived his whole life in space. I got behind him. He smirked a little in arrogance. His wrists were easy to overpower. I pulled them behind his back. I hated being this close to him. The smell of booze and smoke and sand hung from his clothes, beads of sweat glistening on the back of his neck. The stretchy one. I know you shared a bed with her. Was probably her idea to blast the window open and face the expanse. She was clever, wasn't she? Had to be, because I know you wouldn't have thought of that. Guessing she didn't survive like you did. Her name was Kalinda. I gripped my teeth. He started to speak again, but I'd had enough. His neck snapped easily in my grip. When he fell, his boots twitched for two minutes. A line of drool leaked down his chin and formed a puddle on the dirty metal floor. Kenneth Callahan was finally dead. The audience erupted in applause from the belly of the ship, bringing me back. Like a siren song luring me, I walked to their cheers, just like I had walked on the red sand under the glassy dome revealing the stars of the galaxy. I walked his route, from the back of his cabin, through the cages that held the beasts he had sourced from planets afar. I didn't even need to stop as I released them. I didn't stall as I entered the ring, didn't flinch as the act tried to get me back to my seat. I told them to run. They didn't listen. The beasts came in after me, but this was no usual bulletproof show. I wasn't going to fight them to the death, have my blood sprayed across the audience faces as they cried with glee. The audience was quiet for the first time. The beasts, with their extra limbs, hard exoskeletons, and vicious talons, invaded the stands. Their teeth shone in the stage lights. The loudspeaker didn't call my name, didn't announce my arrival, but the audience screamed louder than they had ever cheered. Bulletproof Part 3, Revenge of Bulletproof, were written by Joanna Skew and narrated by Erica Ventura, with music by Blair Moon and Tom Robson. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading, and to Ben Arrington who keeps scoring 300s in the 10-pin bowling game of social media posts. Science fiction and horror writer Joanna Skew explores mental health, sexual identity and diversity through her fiction. The deepness and darkness of space is her second home. 
As an LGBTQIA activist, she aims to use her fiction to make the world a better place for the next generation to come out in. Her sci-fi horror novella, Sloth, is out now. For more information, head over to jskauthor.com. Erica Ventura is an artist, mother, narrator and a husbandry technician. How does she manage it all? No idea, but her artwork can be seen on her Instagram, at E-F-V-E-N-T-U, or you can visit her artist page on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash bioartsy. If you'd like to write for the other stories, we're currently open for submissions over at theotherstories.net forward slash submissions. You can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can join our book club, movie club and writing exercises at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can grab t-shirts, mugs, posters, comic books and courses over at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. The Other Stories and Bulletproof is a production of the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.